Welcome back to City Beautiful SC in Orlando City podcast. I am your host, Logan Stump, and today is Sunday, February 26th, um, and we are just now officially off on our 2023 campaign for Orlando City, so I'm really excited to talk to you guys today. was actually at the game last night as a fan, as my wife did by me. A ticket package for Christmas. Um, so I got two games in that ticket package, and I uh, chose, or you get the opening uh, night game with the Red Bull that we saw last night on Saturday the 25th. And then you also get to select a game later on in the season. So any of the home games that Orlando City play, you get to select as part of the ticket package. And I selected the Philadelphia Union game. Uh, my co host over on Stateside Soccer Show that we do all over are covering all of MLS, not all over, but uh, we cover MLS um, and my co-host over there, Jordan Wiegand, is a big union fan. So I thought that that would be a fun little stateside soccer show derby. So if you haven't listened to the stateside soccer show and you are listening to this podcast, if you want not only Orlando City fix, but you want MLS fix as well, where we talk about all the teams, all 29 teams in the league, we can kind of go through um, each of those uh, over on Stateside Soccer Show, uh, more so than we can on this podcast because we are Orlando City and we cover a lot of the East and we'll talk about some of the scores and score lines uh, each week and we'll kind of go through the table together, uh, East and West, to kind of give you an idea of how the week played out. But we're not going to talk too much about the West unless we're, preview- unless we're previewing them Um or uh, we're going to talk about uh, playing them or something like that. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about the West, but so far um, and most of this time uh, we spent talking about the East and Orlando City. But I welcome you guys. How's it going? How is your uh, your current week going? I'm going to le- release this on Sunday, um, depending on when you think the week starts. Uh, maybe it starts on Sunday. Maybe it starts on, on Monday, depending on the work week. But, uh, yeah, how's your Sunday going? I'm really excited to talk about opening night. Uh, at Orlando City, where they played the Red Bull and got a 1-0 win. There goes my cat in the background. But, yeah, we were at the game, and we'll talk a little bit about it and the atmosphere and everything else kind of leading up to it. But I just want to get um, some thoughts out before we get there. Um, the official playoff format has been released, uh, and if you want to see that, you can head over to our YouTube channel, and you can check out uh, this graphic, or you can just listen to me as I talk about it here uh, in the next couple of minutes uh, about the way that the format Uh, for the playoffs have changed in MLS and and they're kind of a big change. So here we go. New MLS format has been announced, officially announced, uh, I think three or four days before the season, not in a timely manner, but one that uh, is going to get the job done. So here's the format. Here's the way it's going to be constructed going forward in 2023. So 18 teams will qualify nine from each of the conferences wild card round eight and nine seeds will face off in a one game play in first round. One seed faces the wild card winner, so that would be the eighth seed uh, going into the playoffs, so eighth or ninth, whoever uh, advances out of that wild card uh, one game play in. But the one seed will face them. Two and seven, three and six, and four and five are the ways that those will be matched up in the Eastern and Western Conference. In a best of three matchup, top seed hosts game one and three, so game two will be played on the road for the home team. Um, that gets the first game. And then no draws, must win two to move on. So there are no draws in uh, the best of three series. It is not based on points. It is based on two in advance. So uh, if the games are tied at the end of 90 minutes, they will automatically go to penalty shootouts. There will not be extra time for any of these games. Conference semifinals 
And the finals are back to that one game playoff uh, with a higher seed hosting. So back to your normal playoff format. But yeah, a big change to the MLS uh, playoff format. I have a couple things I want to say about it. I am uh, the pros are more games. I think that there are going to be now um, two or three times the amount of games, uh, depending on how many uh, games are needed for these three game plans or uh, three game series uh, to start the to start the playoffs. Um, but I think another thing that we can kind of look at is uh, that these games should be spread out enough to where you're getting games every single night. So you're not having to wait around for uh, a Saturday for all these games to be played. I think they're kind of going to be uh, staggered and stymied throughout one another. So that way we're getting a game on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or however they're going to play this out. So that way we're not waiting around and not having games on nights. So, that's kind of exciting until we get to the one game uh, playoff elimination rounds, such as the conference semifinals and the finals. But I think that that's uh, going to be a good way to kind of test uh, to see, you know, what days can be played as far as the games are concerned. Um, I think they will be on that normal, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday formatting that we kind of have with a regular season, but it'll be interesting to kind of see how they piece those together as well. But yeah, so the change to the playoffs have happened. They had been rumored for quite some time. We talked about it over on the Stateside Soccer Show, uh, whether we were uh, for it or against it. I would say the only thing that's going to be kind of a drawback is you're going to have to see the number one team play the number eight seed, and that might not be as fun. Um, maybe the two and the seven as well. Uh, those games might be a little bit rough to watch, and you have to watch at least two of them. So I think that's that's where it kind of hurts. And then also I think uh, you're going to have some pretty tired players throughout the playoffs, just because you add more games in, you're going to add in more time and uh, that they're going to have to kind of play in the short window of games. Uh, I think they get a week off because uh, I want to say it's the international window. So in between this three game series and then on to the next round, I think there is a conference semifinal, or sorry, there's an international window in between the conference semifinals and this first initial round. So there's that. They'll get a break, but there's going to be a lot of players in that second or third game. So you might not be in getting the best quality of play from your teams in the playoffs. Uh, and there's a lot more games. When you add more games, guys get tired no matter what happens. So even if there is an international break happening, uh, that's the playoffs. And I know I wanted to get that out there just because. Um, there's been talk about it and we need to kind of be aware of it uh, as we head into the season after we played our first game, just because I know fans will be interested to kind of see where Orlando city needs to sit to get into the playoffs. So ultimately if you sit ninth, you get a shot at the playoffs and you get a chance to play into the playoffs. You definitely want to get to that seventh spot so you can guarantee uh, your place in the actual playoffs uh, aside from that wild card playoff game play in. Um, but I think there's aspirations for this team. And I talked about it. Uh, I didn't release an episode last week just because I put in um, just today, because I forgot about it yesterday. I put in just today uh, the season predictions. So we went through the whole league in MLS over on Stateside Soccer Show. So I just used that content to fill in because I felt like we talked a lot about where I expected kind of the team to finish and how uh, the team is expected to play in that episode. 
and that would just be redundant. So I just kind of placed that audio in along with the Western Conference, our Coach of the Year predictions, Golden Boot, Supporter Shield. So if you want to check out the last episode, it's actually borrowed from the Stateside Soccer Show, and they are a sister show who cover all of MLS. So I just inserted our 2023 predictions with my uh, co-host Jordan Wiegand. So if you haven't listened to that one, definitely check this out. Um, Let's get into this episode. Episode five, right? So Orlando City opens up against the New York Red Bull, one of the favorites in the East, I think, uh, from everything that I've seen as far as predictions are concerned. But the Red Bull are projected to be a very good team in the Eastern Conference. They are somebody who we knocked out of the U.S. Open Cup last year in the semifinals to advance to the finals. And we ultimately win uh, the 2022 U.S. Open Cup which last night they raised the banner and we got to celebrate that as fans. So that was really cool. I hadn't been expecting that, to be honest with you. The, the Lamar um, Cup was there and it was sitting there beautifully in the center of the pitch as we had the teams kind of march out. I think it was brilliant, too, because we got to celebrate it in the face of the Red Bull fans because, um, one, we eliminated them. But two, we, we finally got uh, uh, some silverware from MLS. So that was pretty cool to win that competition 2022 the banner is now currently hanging flying high above the wall uh down on the other side of the stadium um and it's beautiful i absolutely loved uh the ceremony i thought it was very cool kind of played some highlights from the u.s open cup last night as they were raising the banner lifting the banner before um, i think it was right after the tifo actually i can't remember if the tifo was up semi up and then they placed uh, the whole TIFO up uh, later on after the celebration. But they had fireworks. They had explosives, obviously. The colors were great. Um, and I thought it was a really good celebration of just what this team accomplished last year. That's a big win. Once you get your first silverware in MLS, I feel like then you are set up for more success to kind of get some more down the road. So a massive, massive celebration last night. A lot of fun. Um, but that was just kind of skipping ahead to the experience that I had. But, yeah, so let's just get into it. My experience, first night, opening night at Orlando City, I'll kind of give you my honest uh, beliefs about what happened last night, some different things that they introduced at the stadium that are really exciting that I think fans will be excited about, um, including some food options. So I, I think that's definitely something to look forward to and we'll talk about. But, you know, leading up into uh, the game, we parked in the, the South Garage, which was like a 15-minute walk. It's right as you get on the other side of the Amway. Um, and if you don't know what Amway is, that's the Orlando Magic Basketball Stadium. Uh, they actually had a game last night against my Indiana Pacers. Um, the Pacers did win that game. Um, I am an Indiana fan, which is odd, but uh, we'll get into that eventually someday, I think. So, But, yeah, it was really cool because they had a game at, uh, I want to say it started at 7, 10, 7, 30, um, same kind of time at the Orlando City game started. So we get out of the parking garage. We're heading that way, and it is a sea of blue, uh, black, purple, um, and then some Indiana fans sprinkled in between. But uh, there was a massive, massive group of Orlando City fans downtown um, at the bars hanging out, um, which was really cool to see. And then you had the Orlando City or sorry, the Orlando Magic fans sprinkled in. They were actually celebrating India, India Day or India Night uh, in the NBA. So there was a Indian festival uh, in that main plaza heading out towards Exploria. So you walk through we did at least we walked through kind of where the magic were celebrating that uh, and doing those kind of festivities. They had a good, like they had some dancers and things like that. 
um, celebrating the Indian culture. They had food there as well. So the smells were great. The sounds were great. The sights were great. It was electric down there by the magic. Um, but then we ended up going obviously past towards Exploria Stadium and we got there. Uh, my wife and I actually went in to check out the little tailgate uh, section that they have. It's usually like Publix does like a like they do some meals and stuff like that. They cook some food and you grab some food or little bites. They have food trucks in there. They got some little games that you can play. And I think they're all free of charge. They're little tailgate games. I know they had like a dartboard, the big Velcro dartboard. Then you were kicking Velcro soccer balls up on the dartboard and seeing if you could hit a bullseye. One of the guys that actually was kicking the ball when we pulled up actually hit a bullseye. It was wild. So um, that's a lot of fun. There was kids play area where it was like this big open field. There was kids kicking the soccer ball around, um, having a blast, chasing each other. Um, I think kids are funny just because you, you go over there and as adults, we kind of segregate and congregate um, separately. Whereas the kids, they just, they're just kids. They just play. So they were having a blast, uh, amped and excited. A bunch of the new purple kits walking around. Uh, I saw a lot of the little kids and uh, adults included too um, with the new kits on. So that was great to see. The kids were having fun. My wife and I were just kind of walking around, enjoying the atmosphere. Um, it was pretty like subdued, honestly. Like the music was loud, but it, it, the crowd was pretty subdued. Um, they were just kind of hanging out. Uh, enjoying a beer or two, um, some sodas, some drinks, some some food as well from the food truck, some gelato. I know there's a little gelato truck, but it's right. I think it's gate B that sits in there behind it or C. Um, it's right when you're walking up on Exploria coming out from the other side of Amway. And uh, once you walk up on the stadium, uh, you could just tell that the atmosphere was lively. There was music. Um, there were, uh, oh, this was one thing that I found very interesting. So if you are going to explore a stadium this year, I don't know if this has been a thing in the past. I haven't been in a while, especially on that side of the stadium. But if you go to explore a stadium this year, they've got a truck set up and it's a locker truck. I've never seen anything like this. It's brilliant. Um, I think every sports stadium should have this because they're very particular on the size of the bags, especially now in these days um, of what size bags you can carry into a stadium. And they actually have a truck, a literal like U-Haul looking truck. And there's a tent outside and you grab a ticket, you give them your bag, they give you a ticket, they write it on like the, the number on the ticket. You take the ticket inside and they take anything that's bigger than like the, the size bag that you're allowed in the stadium with. They'll take that. Even if you have a camera or something that you don't want um, stolen, they put it, you put it in the locker. The truck is secure. The truck is uh, man at all times. So they're, they're watching your bag stuff while you enjoy the game. And then after the game, you can get in line, grab your stuff and head out. I will say the line was pretty long. A lot of people did that because uh, I think people roll up with bags that are not allowed through security into the stadium. So a lot of people you'll see take like backpacks or like big purses or big bags and totes, and they'll just put them in the bag or in those lockers. So it saves people from having to walk back to their car, because if we had had to walk back to our car for some reason to put a bag back, um, which we knew the bag rule, so we didn't really have a bigger bag. We had a small bag. So, um, but usually the rule is like you would have to walk it back to your to your car or hide it and hope nobody found it um, if you didn't want to walk back to your car. But it would have been a round trip. Like it took 15 minutes to get there, 15 minutes to get back. It would have been like a 45 minute trip back and forth, just walking it back. So be aware of that. Check out your bag policies. And if not, they've got lockers there now. So that's pretty cool that they have that ability to put lockers. Um, in a truck and then store your stuff in there if it is too large. So if you're out shopping or something like that, you don't want to take your bags, then 
and you can store them there. The lockers aren't huge, but they they will store like backpack size bags and stuff like that. So I did see a lot of people doing that. There were a lot of people in line after the game. Just be aware of that. There are a lot of people storing their bags and stuff. So um, just be aware of that. But I mean, walking in the stadium, uh, it's a beautiful stadium. If you've not been to Exploria Stadium, if you're an Orlando City fan that's from the UK or from a different state and you just kind of latched onto Orlando City, or if you haven't been um, just because you can't afford to do so, um, it is a wonderful stadium. Um, I think out of all the sports venues I've been to of my favorite teams and like others, it's, it's so clean. Um, it feels brand new still. Uh, I know it was, I think it was 2016 or 17 when it actually opened, but um, it, it is a, it's a beautiful stadium. Explorer is just, uh, there's something about it. There's something about the purple. There's something about the clean, like look on the, in the uh, concourse. It's really nice. Um, big open concourse areas. Um, it was pretty packed after the game but before the game i mean we were walking around and you know even 30 minutes prior to the game i was going down to get some food and stuff and it was not crowded at all like it didn't seem very packed um but as the night started to go on you could kind of see people filing in so i think there ended up being like 24 six at the game so 24,600 or something like that it wasn't a sellout um and if it was a sellout then the the seats weren't full um there was still um, some speckling of uh, seats that weren't full, but a pretty good show out for Orlando City, I would say, especially based on the attendance from last year. But I, I really do think that the way that this team is playing, the way that this team has brought in players, I feel like we are now going to get to that ability to sell out this team and this stadium. And we should. Like, this is a beautiful venue. It's an exciting team. The ownership's great. Um, the things that they're adding to the stadium, such as food options, things like that, making it more accessible, making it more interactive. I think that you need to head out to Exploria Stadium. I think it's one of the best soccer stadiums in the world. So, um, and yes, I said the world. So it, it's a it's a beautiful venue. I am so happy that it's my venue that I get to go enjoy uh, soccer in because of how spectacular it is. And it's still, I think, world-class for being even a little dated, you know, you see some of these new stadiums like TQL, Q2 open, the one in St. Louis just opened, um, uh, Geodis Park in Nashville. Like you see a lot of these new stadiums and um, I still feel like ours stacks up well with theirs. Um, the view. Oh, and when we were sitting, we were sitting in row V. So almost like the last row in the stadium. And there's really not a bad seat in the house. Like, and especially in soccer, I feel like they do a really nice job of building up straight up, which made it a really big hike <laughs> for my legs um, to get up to our seat. But um, Ashley and I were like winded when we got up there. It was pretty funny. But it was uh, those seats, are, they go straight up. So you, anywhere you sit really in a soccer specific stadium are great seats, unlike the NFL. Like it just feels like you're on top of the action no matter where you are. So. That was cool. And uh, I love their seats. I've always loved their seats. I don't know why there's a lot of leg room for me, um, which is big because soccer specific stadiums, you sit kind of up above the chair before you. So you get a good view. You don't have people blocking you. I don't know if that's an Orlando City thing where they've built it so well that you do that. I haven't sat down in the lower bowl yet. I kind of want to do that this year. Um, and, but yeah, no, I, I really enjoy that stadium. I think it's one of the best stadiums I've ever been in, uh, as far as my sporting venues. And I've got some really good sporting venues. I'm a, I'm a Cubs fan. I'm a Pacers fan. They've got great stadiums, historic stadiums like Wrigley Field, Hard Rock, uh, in Miami. I'm a Dolphins fan. Um, and I would say that Orlando city stacks up there with the best. So, um, and I've been to a lot of other stadiums. So I really do enjoy, 
uh, Exploria Stadium. The atmosphere was great. Uh, the fans were absolutely wild. That's the most full I've ever seen the wall. The wall was absolutely phenomenal last night. Even though the first half wasn't great, uh, I felt like they were constantly in it, keeping the guys going. Um, and that's just such a huge thing. It's why the kit looks the way that it does. It's such an uh, ingrained aspect of our team and culture. The fans are absolutely wild. They're rowdy. They're rambunctious. I'd hate to play there if I was a, an opposing player just because they are relentless. They go after you. They'll boo you. Anytime you approach the wall, they give you all sorts of stuff. They'll heckle you. I think it's one of the best fan bases, most rowdy fan bases in the league. So I think that's what's pretty cool about being an Orlando City fan. And they're passionate. They know their soccer. Um, I think you've got a lot of, uh, especially Latin communities, um, and you've got a lot of uh, people from communities that, I mean, uh, there's a lot of South Americans, Brazilian, Argentinian, Colombian, Venezuelan. I think uh, the family next to us, uh, the kids had Colombian jerseys on. And so that's really cool. We just got that understanding of that Latin culture, the South American culture, where uh, they understand football. They're passionate about football, and uh, they're there to see a good team. And I think Orlando City's got a great team with a lot of Latin players, a lot of South American players. So, I mean, it it really does. It feels like the community, the players, the where where everybody comes from it doesn't matter. We're a big melting pot here in Orlando. Anyway, we're a very international city, international um, team, and I, I just love that about this club. So, I think that's what makes it better. And plus, we probably have the best colors in all of uh, Major League Soccer. So. Love the purple and love the gold. And those kits look beautiful uh, in person. So that's the first time I've seen those. They've got the good gray or purple, uh, darker purple than we usually have, I think. Um, but they also have the really nice gold trim. So, and, I'm, and when I say gold, I mean gold. Uh, it is not yellow. So uh, it, it looks great. <clears throat> um, and so that was really exciting. Food options for Rivers is there now. Um, they've got a bunch of really cool chicken places. I think it's called Teak, which is a burger place. Um, they've got now Teak Burgers at Orlando City. Um, they've got a, I can't remember the taco place, uh, what it's called, or the hot dog place. But they've got a taco place they've just added and a um, hot dog place they've just added. And they look phenomenal. I'm going to see if I can pull up um, Orlando City food options at Exploria because they did a good video. Um at the game last night and it actually was like a little food tour oh yeah there we go here we go um okay so four rivers smokehouse you got hot dogs harold's hot dogs sorry and cold cones you got teak neighborhood grill uh the coop which is also a four rivers restaurant black rooster uh taqueria and uh that's it those are the five that they've added and when I tell you this food is great, um, I've eaten at Four Rivers, I've had Teak before, and then Coop as well. And all of them are really, really good food options. Um, Coop is gonna have more like your Southern food, like actual Southern like comfort, fried chicken. You're talking about biscuits, chicken pot pie, shrimp and grits. Four Rivers is more your barbecue style. Um, and they've got a couple of those uh, elsewhere um, that you'll kind of recognize throughout the community. Um, Teak is the, the burger place. Um, they actually had, I think Teak was the one that had the really cool pretzel, uh, burger, pretzel looking burger, like a pretzel bun burger. And then Harold's hot dogs looked really good. I think they showed like a classic, uh, Chicago dog and it looked really good. You could smell the sauerkraut as well, um, in the stadium. And I think it was coming from there. Uh, and I think 
I'm trying to think if it's Teak or Harold's that's up underneath the wall. I can't remember. But we didn't get any of the food just because I, I, I try to avoid food lines the first game because they're usually crazy. But I think if I go back, obviously, I'm going to try some of these places. I've tried Four Rivers. I've tried Teak and, and Coop. But I, I kind of want to try the other ones like Harold's. So, yeah, I mean, the, the food options are phenomenal. They've upgraded those. They've got your normal stadium food as well. Peanuts, Cracker Jacks. No, I don't think there's peanuts or Cracker Jacks. Maybe there is. It's baseball usually. But um, they got hot dogs, chicken nuggets, chicken tenders. Um, the chicken tenders at Coop looked really good too. Um, they have Pizza Hut. I think Pizza Hut's a sponsor there. Got Dippin' Dots, um, pretzels. They have frozen margaritas. Like they've got adult drinks. They got bars. They've got White Claw. They've got beers. They've got they got everything, man. Like I'm super impressed with Orlando City's food options and uh, concessions and stuff. So that's just something I thought I'd bring up because I think it's interesting. And it was something that was really a highlight of my night last night too. Besides the game, uh, another highlight that and I'll and I'll put some videos up on Twitter. I put it up on Stateside Soccer Show. But I don't know if this is normal anymore or like if this is a, a new thing this year but the video board thing became so interactive this year so they actually have snapchat filter looking things on the video board now so like it like pans over to instead of just you being on the video board it'll pan over and you've got like the lion's head on your on your head as a replacement um kingston uh, you can get like the mascot's face on your head, the, the big logo, a soccer ball. Like it's so interactive. And it was, it was just panning across the different fans last night and it, like through the Snapchat logo or filters on, it was hilarious. And they were having a fun time with that. The coolest thing I've ever seen at a stadium with interaction with fans was last night. They tell you to pull up the lion nation app, which is on your phone. Um, if you're a lion nation member, which I am, um, and you also get discounts at concessions. Don't forget. Um, but if you're a Lion member, a Lion Nation member, or if you have the app, you can pull it up. You scan a QR code up on the video board, and then what happens from there is they dim the lights, or they, actually they turn off the lights. And then Orlando City also has like the interactive stadium lights that like dance back and forth and stuff. But it actually takes control of your phone, and on the flashlight here, it goes along with the music and the stadium lights. It's so cool. It's everybody's lights are on because they're, you know, they're scanned in um, the flashlight comes on and they start dancing and, and vibing with the stadium lights as well and the music. So it's such a cool interactive way to, to kind of get fans involved. And I was really impressed with like the technology last night of the stadium, like scanning QR codes. There was actually one point two you could scan the QR code up on the video board and then it took over your like camera and like you could literally take selfies and stuff and you show up on the video board. Like instead of having the guy with the camera that zone that zooms in on fans, you had the ability to interact with it on your own phone and your own mobile device, which is so cool. And I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't spent a lot of time in stadiums lately. Maybe this is, this is pretty normal now, but it was so cool. It was a different way to interact with fans. I thought that was very cool. The fans loved it. The kids absolutely adored everything about it because they thought it was pretty funny to be able to do all that stuff. But just, those kind of things. I mean, the, the, the fan experience along with, you know, MLS and Apple TV, I think the fan experience is going absolutely through the roof. And I think they're doing such a phenomenal job by capturing one, a younger audience, because I think uh, U.S. soccer is watched mostly from 20 to like 40 year olds. I think we're like the biggest generation um, to watch soccer in this country. And because I think that this, the tickets are more affordable, 
it allows people my age to kind of buy season tickets and have, you know, ownership of all these tickets instead of like an NFL game where it's 500 bucks plus. So um, very accessible. I think that they're doing a phenomenal job there in Orlando City to draw in fans. And I thought that last night was a pretty good indication that they're serious about getting as much fan involvement as possible at this club. So the Will family, um, even the ownership group, the front office, everything about this club has been phenomenal since day one, but it's getting even better. So uh, uh, kudos to them. They're doing a wonderful job. Uh, I love everything about that club. It seems so interactive. Um, they're so accessible as a club. It, it just makes you want to go to the games. Like I, I last night I'm sitting here going, I need to go to another game next weekend. Like I, I love this sport so much and I love this team so much. I think that it, it really is going to hold a special place in my heart for, for the years to come. So uh, Ashley had a blast too. Ashley went with me. Um, we had some nachos. We had some peanut M&Ms because we actually ate at Adler's and Davenport before we head out to the game. So overall, a fantastic night. Um, a beautiful night. It was like 70 degrees. The sun was setting. It had that lovely Orlando sky. You know what I'm talking about if you live here. It's that purple mixed with the, the orange and the yellow, kind of like our secondary kit. Um, our away kit, it's that white with the, the beautiful colors that come up from the bottom. And it's just, it was just a, a great night overall. I really enjoyed it. So that being said, um, sorry, I had to take some water. Um, I am still looking for somebody to co-host. I'm actually having some people on that are interested to talk to them and see how we mesh. Um, so if you're one of those people that want to come on, jump on and join me on this podcast so I don't have to do it all alone and take sips of water in between. Uh, breaths and stuff like that, or any chance I get, by all means, please join me. I'm looking for people. Um, so if that's the case, head over to Stateside Soccer Show, either there, or you can go to uh, Orlando or City Beautiful SC, Orlando City Podcast, over on Twitter, you can slide into the DMs, or go to myself, it's Stump Logan, S-U-M-P-H Logan, uh, over on Twitter, Either one of those are fine. If you want to jump on, we can do like kind of like a screen test, I guess they're called, um, where you and I just kind of talk about the club, what got you involved. Um, I would prefer that you guys had podcasting gear, um, a good mic like with a headphone. So these headphones have a good mic on them or like an AirPods fine. Um, the better the quality, the better chances that I, I'd love to have you on just because I, I want this to sound good. Um, and I know that there have been issues with people in the past um, that have commented on our other show when the quality wasn't as great uh, at the very beginning, that, that quality was everything. So if you don't have a mic, I'm not going to tell you to go buy a mic and then message me. But if everything goes well, I might ask you to buy There's like 30 bucks on Amazon. I've got like one of the more basic mics right now. I'm going to look to upgrade here soon. But um, yeah, if you're interested in joining this podcast, uh, I'd love to have you. I usually record on Sundays. Um, if that's usually okay, uh, I can even do like Tuesdays if we need to move back some. Uh, I get that. I understand that some people uh, are busy on Sundays, but usually I record on Sundays. I'm pretty open on Sundays to record, especially in the morning. Um, it's when I really like to try to do these. Uh, but yeah, if you're interested in joining, shoot me a message. But let's get into the games. Uh, we're going to actually talk about the starting lineups, and then we'll get into how I, I'll kind of go player by player to kind of tell you how it goes, and then we'll talk about the game. Um, with those players and kind of how it went. And then we'll talk about stats as well. Um, and then we'll just get full into like my overall thoughts. So let's do it that way. Let's try it out and see how it goes. Uh, last night, starting 11 for the Red Bull, they went with a 4-4-2. Um, they had Carlos Cornell in goal last year. Along the back line, they had Cameron Harper, uh, Andres Reyes, Sean Nealis, and John Tolkien. And then the four in the midfield, 
included Lewis Morgan, Christian Casares Jr., Frankie Amaya, Luquinas, and then up top they had Elias Manuel and then Tom Barlow. Orlando City lined up like this, a 4-2-3-1 with those two holding defensive midfielders in the middle. They had Pedro Gaese uh, as the goalkeeper last night, Mikey Holiday on the right back, Rodrigo Slagel uh, as your right center back. Left center back was Robin Janssen. Then they had... Uh, in the left back spot, Luca Petrasso last night. Uh, they had Mauricio Pereira in that holding defensive midfield. Um, kind of like, I guess, playing more so of like an eight rather than a six. But like there were times where he's a little bit deeper. And then Cesar Ruscio, um, who was more of your six destroyer, uh, covered a lot of ground defensively last night as well. And then in the midfield, you had alongside, um, well, I guess it was. They kind of played as midfielders, like a 10, and then but the, the two on the side kind of played more wingers than anything. So maybe not a 4 2 3 1. Like, I get the understanding of 4 2 3 1, but like, I, it felt more of like they were playing forward wings, uh, where they were a little bit higher up the pitch. Um, so they weren't quite level, uh, in the midfield, kind of like the Red Bull were playing. They were definitely a higher winger looking attacking forward, uh, front. Sorry. Um, so. The two wingers were Facundo Torres and Ivan Angulo. And then up top, you had Eric John Cara. Uh, kind of going through the players last night, let's start from the top and go backwards. Um, so last night, Eric John Cara, I thought, made some decent runs. But I think with uh, him dealing with, I think he was one that was also dealing with uh, green card travel, getting accustomed and back in um, to uh, the season. He didn't play extremely well. There were times where he held up the ball nicely, but other than that, pretty uh, pretty average night, I think, for Eric Giancara. There were times where he kind of lost the ball in, in around the box, but it was more of like those like first-season touches where you just don't have that sharpness um, to bring the ball down at your feet, kind of bounced off and went off uh, towards defenders and kind of lost some 50-50 balls too. So Eric Giancara, um, I'd say like a six or a seven last night, uh, really just – Okay, like decent. Never really anything crazy or special uh, about Air John's Air uh, John's game last night. So that's where I kind of rank that. Uh, we'll go over to Ivan Angulo. I thought Ivan was great last night. Um, there were times where he was kind of tracking back defensively uh, and put out some attacks. I thought he did a really nice job of kind of shoring up that defense too uh, in that kind of midfield area. Uh, especially on the side of like he was on the side of Elias Man on Manuel, I think that's how you pronounce that, and Frankie Amaya, and with Lucinius as well. And I thought all three of them were kind of a non factor. Manuel played, I think, a little bit better than most, but uh, he got banged up early in the game, so he kind of went down. I thought that Lucinius was almost non existent once again, which was not good for the Red Bull, um, just because the, it's one of their DPs that they really rely on. Ivan Angulo, uh, again, I think a, a seven, right? Like a modest seven. Uh, 7.5. I thought he played extremely well. Um, tracking back defensively and really put out some some bad uh, or some fires. Martin, or sorry. Yeah, let's just do it. Martin Ojeda. Um, eh, like a six. Like I don't think he played that well last night. Had some bad touches in the midfield. Um, there are times, too, where I noticed where he gets in the midfield, and I think this is just because the Red Bull like to press so much, and they really like to muddy things up in the midfield. I felt like most of the game was played in the midfield uh, last night. A lot of just 50-50 balls or balls going off different people's feet and deflections and all sorts of things. It's a really ugly game in the midfield. Um, but I thought that Martin, there were times where he gets 
he gets ahead of himself and he starts to like he either starts to overthink it or he tries to to react quickly enough and it's too quick where he he is unaware of where the defenders are at times uh, and it seemed like he was just trying to pull the trigger and make things happen too quickly last night um there were a lot of balls that he kind of just shot through different gaps um there was a couple times last night too where Facundo Torres or Angulo were trying to link up with him, even Air Chancara holding a ball and, and trying to, to distribute to Martino Hayter running off one of the other sides of him. Um, there were times where you could kind of tell where he didn't quite make a run they thought he was going to make. Like you can just tell it's it's that not being able to play with each other for so long. Like they've only been together for a month and they just don't read each other as well yet. Um, so you could tell that's where a lot of that was was that the very beginning of the season haven't played a lot of games with each other yet, but there was also some promise. Like Ojeda makes some really good runs. He's physical as crap. Like he, he'll knock you around. He's a bigger guy, um, stockier guy that I think is a, a strong physical league. This will play extremely well to Martino Ojeda's strengths, but I think he made some really good passes. I think there are some really good, uh, I guess there's some signs, some really good signs that he's going to be able to create in this league just because of the passes and kind of some of the awareness that he tried to have last night. Um, where he was trying to maybe pull the trigger a little too quickly, where he could make you know travel forward a little bit more with the ball and then distribute. I think there were times where he just uh, tried to find the next guy quickly and, and try to play that that ticky tacky soccer where you just pass, pass, pass. Um, it seemed like that was more of the instance that he was having last night, or the issues that he was having. Um, there were times where he tried to find Facundo Torres and Facundo Torres tried to find him, and there was just not that linkage yet. So a six. I thought he played okay. Uh, he did come off, um, not hurt, but he came off first, I believe. Or was it? No, Cara did. Uh, he came off in the 78th minute. Martino hated it. Um, neither of them played well. I think the DPs in uh, Ojeda, sorry, two of the three DPs didn't play well. I don't think Ojeda played very well or Erjan Cara. And then you go over to number 17, Facundo Torres. Facu uh, pretty much picked up where he was last year. Yes, there's some rust. He's got a knockoff from... Uh, the offseason, but I thought it, there were times where he would just turn with the ball and he can do things with the ball that not many can, especially in this this league, um, which is why I don't think he's going to be around much longer after this year. I think uh, the links to Arsenal were a very real thing, um, but there's just times where he takes off towards the midfield and he's so clever that he, he's able to find gaps and holes in the defense, especially a pressing defense, because um, I think – this team, the Red Bull, their goal is to knock you off the ball as much as possible. And they did. They knocked him off the ball quite a bit. And there were times, too, where he did the, the Martino Hater, where I think he thought the press was coming. He thought guys were coming up behind him. So he tried to distribute quickly, and that got him into some trouble because he just lost the ball. Um, but I think that's just what you get with, with the Red Bull midfield, uh, is they just really like to murk things up. And they did a really good job of that last night, especially in the first half. I thought the Red Bull looked good last night in the first half. Um, they just didn't create much. Uh, but defensively in the midfield, they just looked like animals. Um, and I think all night they really did. So uh, they're a tough defense. I mean, I, I can't imagine playing against them. They're so physical. And I think they've gotten better, uh, which is scary. So uh, I think actually without Aaron Long, they'll get better because I think he was just a bit slow last year. But Facundo Torres, again, you just see the things that he can do. He slots in a penalty kick uh, in the 56th minute, I believe it was. Yeah, 56th minute. Um, on a handball uh, in the box, um, which was debatable. It was eh, it was iffy, but I think warranted because it does hit the hand. Um, I think Facundo Torres uh, deserved the man of the match honor, obviously, just because of how good he looked uh, at times. And again, 
he knocked off some of the rest. There were some plays that he didn't have. It wasn't one of his best games by no stretch of the means, but it was one of the best games, obviously. But I think enough to put this team at the top. I'd give him like a 7.58 um, just based off of where he was, how he contributed. And I think there's times, too, where he's actually good defensively, sneakily good. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching Faku last night. I think out of the DPs, easily the standout. Um, and then slotted home a nice penalty, very calm, collected. Keeper went one way. He put it right down, almost right down the middle. Um, but it was great. Uh, nice PK um, and got him off on the scoring sheet. So really good game last night for Faku Torres. You then moved to Mauricio Pereira, who, you know, I, I think uh, he just didn't have much of a game last night. Like I, I, I didn't really see him in many spaces that I remember that were dangerous. I don't really remember him playing well defensively. Like he's solid enough defensively that he'll just, he's so consistent. And I think that's what you get with Mauricio. Um, nothing too special. I'd give him like a six, six and a half. I don't think it was anything crazy last night. There was nothing I remember. So that's why I'm ranking it kind of lower. I just don't remember him being involved as much. Um, he gets into the midfield and he's just not a physical force. So it's like, there are times where I think playing against like a more physical defense, uh, especially in the midfield, like a Christian Casares, like uh, that's a big guy in the midfield that we'll have to play against and kind of run around. Lewis Morgan's a little bit bigger too, uh, as well as Lucinius. Uh, their midfielder that kind of matches up size-wise is Frankie Amaya, but they don't see too much of each other. I, I thought Mauricio was kind of a non-factor last night. I think second best player, I'd have argued that he was the man of the match had Faku not scored was Cesar Arujo. Um Cesar is uh, – I'm surprised he's still in the league. I think he's probably one of the best defensive midfielders in this league, if not the best. Um, he does some things that you just – you take for granted. Uh, I love his long ball that he can throw. His throw-ins, uh, he's one of those long ball specialists that can throw a ball into the box and make a really dangerous case for um, – being uh, an attacking threat when he's able to throw the ball in, um, which was that was cool because I've not seen one of those in person before. So it was cool to see a long ball specialist that he can throw the ball in that far. But another thing that he did, um, there was one last night, I think it was it was either Tolkien or Lewis Morgan. He was chasing down and he makes this defensive play. And this was, yes, this would have been second half because they were coming our way um, where he – it was a clear breakaway. The player, I think, was – I want to say it was Lewis Morgan and Caceres, actually. I don't remember who it was. But, um, anyway, the, the the Red Bull attacking player was in the box, was going to get a shot on goal, but Arusho kind of gets in front of him, uses his body to kind of box him out and get the ball off of him, and then lets the ball go but is able to keep the attacking player outside of him so that the ball could just roll – and ended up being a goal kick. And it was actually going to be a really dangerous setup because there were two or three Red Bulls come flying in the box and behind that it could easily have been a goal. And Rarujo just puts it out. And then uh, Robin Janssen made a really good defensive play last night too that saved the game um, along, along with Pedro. But um, Cesar does things that I think you just take for granted. I think that he's just one of those guys that – um, gets it. That's going to be a force in any league that he plays. I would not be shocked to see him gone after this year because I do think he's that special of a defensive midfielder. Um, and, I, and I think that he's got abilities that not many people do. Moving back into the back line, Luca Petrasso, I thought was decent. 
nothing special, but made some really good defensive plays. Um, he's very calm. I, I think that that was one thing that I really noticed. He doesn't get he doesn't get flustered at all. He was actually probably well, no, actually that's a lie. He was probably the second best defensive player last night. Um, and we'll get to, well. Hmm, this is tough because there were three really good defensive players last night. I think Luca was probably third, to be honest with you. Um, but solid enough to be ranked up there. I'd give him about a seven, uh, seven, seven point five. I thought Luca was fine. Um, nothing crazy, nothing special, but did a solid job. And I thought uh, under pressure, he he was able to clear some balls out of the way uh, that Red Bull players had in dangerous attacking spots. And then you move over to Robin Janssen. I thought in the second half played a lot better than he did in the first half. First half still felt like he was getting back accustomed to playing in this league again after the injuries from last year. Um, I still felt like there was some definite rust. There was a couple balls that he played back to uh, Pedro that were just slow. And uh, it was kind of worrisome because Pedro kind of had to come up pretty quickly to get him. There was also times where like he'd get the ball in attacking places and kind of just while get away from uh, the midfielders, defenders of the Red Bull, he give the ball away too because um, he, he likes to join in the attack quite a bit. There were times where I thought he could be a little bit more reliable, but he had some he had some moments last night that were kind of like, oh, let's not do that again, um, but not anything of too much concern. And I think once uh, Antonio Carlos is back, that really helps shore up that defensive back line because the next person I want to get to is Rodrigo Schlegel. I love Rodrigo so much. Um, I think he's a very serviceable third defensive center back option. But last night he was looked really bad. I thought, I thought he out of all of them were the glaring concerns that I had. Um, if Antonio Carlos cannot stay healthy and Janssen cannot stay healthy, I've got some concerns just because of how Rodrigo played last night. I think he's a good average center back in this league. I don't think he does anything crazy special. I think he does nice things to complement defensive uh, units. But I think last night there were times where like, he would do some back pass to to or he'd pass the ball back to Gaese and uh like I was shocked they even got to him. There were times where like the Red Bull attacking players were pressing him and it was like last minute get rid of it and he was like, Oh crap, glad he got rid of that one. He and Janssen last night had some moments and especially in the first half where the both of them just couldn't get the ball out. And it's like get the ball out of there. Like get the ball away from the Red Bull players because they are pressing you high. They're gonna take the ball and they're gonna capitalize on the mistakes that you're making. So the center back pairing, kind of concerning last night. Janssen played better in the second half, a lot better. Schlegel did not. I thought Schlegel had a bad game. I'd give him about a five. Uh, I thought if they were going to get exposed, it was going to be because of him, because he just he left so much to be desired last night. And then Mikey Holiday, I thought, taking away, um, Mikey's phenomenal. Like, I really enjoyed watching him play last night. Um, and, I, and I know I haven't seen him play as much, just because he's younger, he hasn't played in a whole lot of matches last night. He played or last year he played in six. This year he's 20 and he didn't look 20. He just turned 20. He did not look 20 years old. He looked like he'd been in this league for quite some time. He uh he's a big kid. Like he, he's a bigger kid. Um it always shocks me how much bigger he is than I think um just because he's he's tall, but he's also built now. Like he's starting to get some some uh some width to him. Um and I think he's starting to get to that point where he's strong enough to compete in this league. And I thought he was phenomenal. And playing on a side that had Lewis Morgan often, Tom Barlow, like he was able to chase down Lewis Morgan six or seven times. Like just absolutely chase the guy down. 
one of the best attacking players as far as wingers were concerned last year uh, in Lewis Morgan, I thought had a really good season last year, but Mikey holiday uh, played damn good. Um, 7.5, I would say like had some things he could do better, but I think for a kid at 20 years old, this is your debut first time you ever step on the pitch pitch opening night. And I thought he was great. You know, there was some concern about right back position. And I know the guys on extra time in MLS have covered it. They've, and I talked about this on state. That's our show. I said, if this team's going to falter, it's going to be because of the defense this year. Um, I don't think it's going to be anything with the attack. Um, but I think the defense has some big question marks. And I thought he was great last night as a right back. So uh, kudos to Mikey Holiday. I think he's going to get some deserved shouts. And I think he becomes uh, part of that pool that is the U.S. men's national team. I really do think that this kid's that good. So I was really, really impressed with him. And then Pedro Gaese, uh, unbelievable last night. Again, four, sh- or four shots stopped last night. The biggest coming in the 80th minute when Christian Caceres shot a rifle. Um, and it was headed right for goal, top right corner. And Pedro gets face, shoulder, and arms extended. And I don't know what it hit. It looked like it hit him right in the head. It, it might have glanced off his neck. I don't know where it hit, but it's somewhere around the head, the dome. Uh, and it ricocheted and went way up in the air. He went down uh, like a ton of bricks uh, and laid there for a couple minutes. And uh, But it was a hell of a stop. Uh, and then there was one down on the other side in the first half with Lewis Morgan, I think it was, rifled one and right into his hands, just stopped it. And it didn't go very far off the hands off the ricochet and he was able to grab it again. So um, Pedro, I think at a, a 7.58, uh, I think right up there. Um, Faku Torres, I think with the 8, 8.5, like he was that good last night, I thought. Um, and that's kind of where I rate him. Like I, I think that the that's where the guys were, as far as the starting 11 were concerned. Let's talk a little bit about some of their subs. We didn't get to see Cartagena or Kyle Smith enough to rate, so I'm not even going to rate them. But we did get to see Dugardan, and we got to see Ramiro Enrique. Uh, Ramiro Enrique came in when Eric Giancaro went off in the – when was that? 50 – no, 63rd minute. Ramiro Enrique comes in, and my goodness, uh, put a move – uh, on a couple of the defenders, like it was Andres Reyes, uh, and maybe it was Lukinas. I forget who it was on that side. I'm a blank. Hold on, let me go up here and see. What was it? It might have been Lewis Moore. I don't remember who it was, but he puts a move on two of the. Maybe it was Tolkien. Yeah, it was Tolkien. It was Tolkien and Andres Reyes. That's who it was because it was like back-to-back. It was Tolkien, and then he went through Andres Reyes or Christian Caceres, one of the two that were kind of sucked, and I couldn't tell from that distance who it was. But went through Tolkien, like stops the ball. Tolkien goes flying by him, then puts, uh, I think it was a nutmeg, in around Andres Reyes or Christian Caceres, whichever one it was, and put him them both through the, the wash and then went towards the center backs, um, and I think maybe maybe this was Sean Nealis that he went after next. And he went by Sean Nealis and then set up nicely, almost got a shot in. Um, and honestly, it was one of the best moves I've seen in a while. Um, I thought it was phenomenal. I think he's going to be fantastic. I really do. I, I thought that he showed pace. He's strong as crap. He will press you high. He was flying all over the pitch. Um, he he kind of reminds me of um, – Rui Diaz and the way that he runs around. Uh, I like the way that he's 
you know, physical and he, he's a smaller guy, but he's not afraid of anybody. Um, you can just tell that there's this grit about him. I think he's a great option to have on the bench. I'm excited because I think they got him under the 2022 under initiative. Um, and so I think that he's a player that going forward, especially when Aaron Jankara, you know, if he does pan out, if he doesn't pan out, this kid's a really good option to come in and kind of challenge for that nine spot or even take over that nine spot, but they also have Duncan McGuire. So they're, they're going to have to like do some balancing here. I think you're going to see a lot of two forward systems that Oscar likes to kind of throw in there every once in a while with two forwards or maybe like a, a second striker in as playing like a 10 second striker position. So I'm really excited to see what happens there. And then Duger Don, uh, there was, there was one moment where they were arguing and basically everybody on the team had a yellow card. You had Cesar Arujo, Robin Janssen, Pereira, Angulo, they all got yellows. Um, there's a moment where I think it's Angulo or it was, yeah, I think it was Angulo or Arujo that go up to uh, the ref and they're both on yellows close to a red and uh, Duger Don comes up and like pushes them away. Like, no, no, no. And then he starts to like rile the guys up. Like, let's go, let's do this. Like very leadership quality kind of stuff. And, and he's a younger kid. So I really liked seeing that, but he looks he looks like he's going to play in this league. Like he was making some moves with the ball at his feet that I thought were really good, very limited in the touches that he had. But I thought when he did touch the ball or when he was defending, he did a nice job of staying with the physicality of the midfielders that the, that the Red Bull have, which is really good because they've got some really good defensive players. Um, I thought that he did a great job of kind of handling that pressure and handling the situations that he was in. Uh, I think he's going to be able to create in this league as well. So I was really excited about his play. I'd say if I'd rank them both, I would say like a 6.5 for Duker Don, maybe a 7 for Enrique, just because of the moves that he kind of made in and around the box um, that I think are going to be very good for this team uh, in scoring some goals. Just kind of reading some of the other stats, 50-50 possession. Orlando City was dominating possession the first half. They just weren't doing anything with it. They didn't end up having any shots on target uh, last night. I want to say, too, that the first shot on goal – the only shot on goal was the PK. Yeah. The only shot was the PK on target and it went in. Other than that, they really didn't create. I would be concerned though, because when you look at the game last night, Red Bull just muddy things up so much. And in a first game, that's so hard to play against is a team that's just willing to disrupt and only disrupt because that's ultimately what they did. They just disrupted a ton of stuff. Um, in the midfield, they couldn't get anything going. The connections and links weren't there in the midfield for Orlando City, especially in the first half. Second half, they started to look a lot better. Um, but there was times where in the first half, it just looked like they just didn't know how to connect with one another. I think that's over time what's going to have to happen with this team. They're going to have to gel better because I do think they'll they'll kind of struggle in the attacks some to start the season just because they're not used to playing with one another. But once they kind of hit that groove, this team could end up firing on all cylinders and scoring a lot of goals. Um, Pedro made four saves. The Red Bull did not have to make any um, pass accuracy, 70% for Orlando City, 27, or 279 out of 396. Red Bull, similar numbers, 282 out of 389. It was a very, I would say it was a very even game. And then you throw in the penalty that was kind of controversial from what I gathered on Twitter. Um, and ultimately, I thought the teams played very well. I think you saw that both of these teams are going to be contenders in the East, honestly. Like I can sit here and think if the Red Bulls are going to be serious this year, like many think they are and Orlando plays like they did last night competing with them. And they still haven't figured out how to gel yet, nor do I think they had their best 11 out there. I think 
Orlando is a formidable opponent. If they figure out the attack and hope that they don't get hurt in the back, I think that this team is a very good team. Um, I was really impressed with some of the things I saw last night. And if Fukudo Torres plays like he did last night, I think he'll be an MVP candidate um, just because of how good he really is um, at creating and scoring goals. I could see him having 15 or 16 goals this year. So that I'm excited about, along with nine or 10 assists. So, again, I thought it was a phenomenal game uh, to kind of watch as a spectator just because even though it was a first game, Rust getting knocked off kind of game, it was – physical they don't like each other you can just tell um i think that they were ready to go to battle against one another i think they know that they're going to be contending for the top three or four spots in the eastern conference this year um and trying to kind of bounce the union off that number one spot but i thought overall a very good game from orlando city a lot to be excited about i would say if i'm looking forward to now some things that they need to kind of clean up Antonio Carlos needs to come back healthy because Rodrigo Schlegel cannot be our uh, starting center back this year. It just did not look good last last night. Um, I think he's a good serviceable stopgap, but he's not anything. And if if one of those two go down, we need another DP or not another DP. We need another center back. Um, can't have two. We can't have four DPs. That'd be like Miami. Um, but yeah, I think we need another center back to pair. With, with whoever goes – if somebody does go down or if we need another center back, I'm not sure he can do it. So interested to kind of see what the defense does. Um, the attack, I would say they need to get more crisp, learn how they play off one another. Like that's ultimately what I would suggest. Um, Eric Chankara didn't get any kind of danger spots last night, but I think that was mostly because there just wasn't enough link-up play in the midfield just because the Red Bull made it almost impossible. So um, I thought the Red Bull played extremely well. Defensively, uh, absolutely played uh, – Great soccer. I thought uh, the attacking team, I thought they looked way more dangerous than Orlando City did. We just have uh, a really good goalkeeper. Had it not been the case, I think they'd have won. Um, but, yeah, overall, really good win, really good three points. We won one on at home, which we really struggled to do last year. I think we were just a game above 500, if not at 500 last year at home. So to get uh, a first game, first season win against the Red Bull at home – is just a great win. And then heading into next week, if we can grab three points against Cincinnati at home, this would be an ideal start to a season. So really, really happy with the performance that we got last night. Um, I thought the refs were fair last night. I know there were some people that didn't like the far call on the handball, so I get that. But I also know people were overreacting to a lot of the, the fouls last night, thinking, like, we got chipped. But it was very inconsistent um, with what was actually happening. So – I thought ref, you know, a B plus, A minus, just depending on what you really think of the VAR. I like the VAR because we're an Orlando City fan, but uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was not the most obvious, but I think still a, a clear handball. So, uh, not a clear handball, but a handball. Um, clear handball would have probably been obvious. So, yeah, that's pretty much it from last night. That's all I had from last night's game. Um, looking forward and kind of looking at some of the score lines from last night, let's go through the league and kind of read off the table um, as there have not been now seven teams have not played because LA galaxy and LAFC were supposed to start at the Rose bowl, got snowed out last night, um, which was wild uh, in LA at the Rose bowl. Uh, You had, what was the other game that got canceled or no, it got moved. So uh, there's a game tomorrow. I think it's the Timbers game that didn't get played last night and they i believe yeah they play sporting kansas city because it was also weather impacted so 
Um, at the end of the weekend, LAFC, LA Galaxy, and uh, who's the other team? Chicago will not have played uh, this week. The LAFC Rose Bowl game with the LA Galaxy got moved to the 4th of July. So that's kind of cool. Um, but uh, yeah, let's go through the table. Uh, Eastern Conference, Philadelphia, <laughs> Philadelphia now sits on top like they have for most of the last couple seasons. They now sit on top uh, with three points. Uh, they have the goal differential uh, favor there of three. They beat the crew last night four to one. Jordan, uh, my co-host over at Stateside Soccer Show, got credentialed. So we are credentialed media now officially over on Stateside. I'm hoping to go cover the game this Saturday against Cincinnati in Orlando. So I'm going to apply for a credential there. And maybe I get it. That'd be kind of cool. Um, Inter-Miami is now currently in second. They beat uh, – who did it beat last night? 2-0. Who the heck did they beat? I should probably put up, pull up the scores as well. Give me one second. They go and beat CF Montreal last night. So a good win to start the season for Enter Miami. You had New England beat the Charlotte FC, the Charlotte FC, Charlotte FC. Um, let me, let's just go through the table and then we'll go through the, the, the results. Uh, Enter Miami's second, Nashville third, DC United fourth, FC Cincinnati fifth, Atlanta United sixth, New England seventh, Orlando City eighth. Chicago Fire have not played, so they sit ninth. And then Toronto FC in 10th, 11th goes to Charlotte, 12th Red Bull, 13th Montreal, 14th NYCFC, and then 15th are the Columbus Crew. Sitting atop the West and actually got their first win in their inaugural match was St. Louis beat Austin at Q2, which was massive win for St. Louis. They sit atop the Western Conference on their first year. That's exciting. RSL in second, Minnesota United in third, LA Galaxy, Sporting Kansas City, Colorado Rapids, Seattle, and Portland have not played yet. Um, that will change because Seattle and uh, the Rapids play tonight, Sunday at 8 o'clock Eastern time, and then Portland and SKC will play tomorrow in that makeup game from the weekend. And then Austin sits 10th, Vancouver 11th, Houston Dynamo 12th, San Jose in 13th, and FC Dallas in 14th place. Results last night looked like this. Nashville beats NYC FC 2-0 at Geodas Park. 2-1 Atlanta over San Jose at Mercedes-Benz. In uh, New England, about did it again. New England against uh, Charlotte. Charlotte lost 1-0 at home. Cincinnati 2-1 over Houston at TQL. 3-2 in a classic last night. 98th minute game winner. I think Christian Benteke scored that the final goal hashtag i don't know did he score the last one no it was the de pierto christian Benteke scored in the 90th wait they were down hold up see i haven't done stateside yet so i'm only looking at these oh wow okay so dc united trailed two to one going into the 90th minute when Benteke scores and then they get the game winner in the 98th that's cool miami beat montreal like we said at Drive Pink Stadium. Philadelphia Union beat the Columbus Crew 4-1 at Subaru. 3-2 win for St. Louis at Q2. We talked about that one. Minnesota United beat D's, or Dallas at Dallas, which nobody saw that coming. Um, and then 2-1 RSL win over Vancouver at uh, BC Place, which is Vancouver's home. And then tonight we have Seattle playing Colorado at Lumen Field. I know a lot of people are excited to see if 
Seattle can bounce back this year. So I think that's going to do it for me. Uh, I think I've gone through everything I wanted to go through. Our next match is going to be against FC Cincinnati coming up here on the 4th of March, which is Saturday. Um, looking forward to Orlando City kind of preview some of that um, right now. So that way we can kind of get a preview in on this episode. We'll try to do some preview before the next match. We're going to go play Brandon Vasquez, Lucio Acosta, and maybe a Brenner or two. Um, not two, just uh, maybe Brenner. Um, Brenner has been out because of green card issues. I think he's now joined the team officially back with the team. So we'll see some of them. But a very high attacking, high potent offense or attack, however you want to put it in a FC Cincinnati that should be looking to contend for one of these top four spots in the East. Like I said, with Orlando, I think Orlando Cincinnati Red Bull and the union are the ones that are going to be competing for that top four spots in the East, maybe Nashville as well. Nashville played really well last night against or yesterday against NYCFC, but we'll see if Nashville can kind of pair any kind of attacking players, but I really do trying to take the, the, the biased lenses, the rose colored lenses off the orange or sorry, the orange, purple colored lenses off. I think Orlando city does have a good, uh, good possibility of finishing top four this year. And I think it's something we strive for. So um, be very tough to beat the union. I don't think anybody's going to knock them off the number one spot, but FC Cincinnati might be one of those teams. And I think, you know, if FC Cincinnati is going to be a top two or three team in this league, this is a game that you want to win at home. It's one of the only games you'll have against Cincinnati at home this year, I guess depending on what happens with like Leeds cup and uh, us open cup and every other cup. Um, but yeah, this will be exciting. Really, really good test Cincinnati. Great offensively uh, in the attack and generally struggled in the defense last night in the back line, especially in the first half. So I'm kind of interested to see how this matchup goes. I hope Antonio Carlos is back for at least 45 minutes. He was doing some training and, and was practicing on his own. I think, um, really going through a lot of the progressions and stuff that he needs to. So I think he should be back at some kind of limited capacity this weekend, if not the next. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the center back duo come back because I think they're one of the top center back duos uh, in the league. So looking forward to them staying healthy because I think if they do, this team is going to reach some heights we haven't seen in quite some time. So really excited about this turnover, really excited about the way that they are playing. I think Orlando City – uh, have a really good shot to, to bounce uh, Cincinnati this weekend. I'm going to say that this weekend's game ends in a 1-1 draw. Um, I'm still kind of concerned about the goal scoring until they kind of gel that attack together, and I do think they'll give up a goal or two. Um, I'm going to go just one, but they could give up two or three uh, because of how good this attack is. So, again, my final prediction for this weekend, a 1-1 draw uh, at Exploria, which would give us four points, and I'm okay with that. It's a pretty good start to the season but hopefully i'm there to kind of cover the game that would be a really exciting thing again if you want to join this podcast and want to join me in my endeavors to cover this team i am more than happy to have you on to see if we gel and vibe together much like this orlando city team needs to do so that way we can kind of screen test maybe another person or two um, is what i'm looking for two or three people to kind of do this uh because i think we can get better coverage if the three of us are together so maybe maybe shoot for three but if not then i'm looking for a co-host definitely just slide into my dms again stateside soccer show stump logan s-t-u-m-p-h logan over on twitter or over at uh, city beautiful sc orlando city podcast find us on twitter youtube um, and slide into my dms comment sections and I would be glad to arrange a time with you. Hope to have somebody on here co-hosting with me by the end of March. So that's the goal. I hope that you guys are able to join me and 
with that being said, I'm looking forward to the Cincinnati game. I will be tweeting it. If you haven't already, check out Stateside Soccer Show uh, over on Twitter and on the podcast feed as well uh, as this show because that is our MLS podcast I do with Jordan Weekend, and we are officially credentialed. So that's really freaking exciting um, that we got to uh, cover the Philadelphia Union crew game last night. So if you haven't heard of us or you haven't checked us out yet, we are doing a live stream tomorrow, Monday, 645 Eastern time is when we usually do our live streams. And we will talk all about Jordan's first experience as a credentialed media member for the Philadelphia Union and my game here in Orlando, as well as what's going on around the league. And thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed. I loved being out at Explorer Stadium last night. I hope to see some of you guys there. If you see me in the crowd, obviously say hi. I would love that. Um, I would absolutely melt just because people recognize me. And so far, thanks for the support. There's been a lot of great support so far for Orlando City, this Orlando City podcast, City Beautiful SC. With that being said, thanks for listening. We hope to see you guys again, and we'll see you guys at the stadium. Go Lions!